Thank you for joining us on the Overcoming Monday podcast, where we provide you with little secrets for your big breakthrough. This podcast is designed to enhance your emotional and spiritual health. Our mission is to help you understand yourself, those you love, and others around you so that you can win where it matters most. In each episode, we'll hear from writer, speaker, pastor's wife, Shari King, as she invites you into conversations about issues that matter most to you. Now let's get started. Hello, Overcoming Monday listeners. Welcome to episode 100. I'm so excited. I feel like I should be having a party here today and like popping off fireworks or something because, oh my gosh, 100 episodes. That's a big thing. It should be an accomplishment. So celebrate with me wherever you are and however you are. Maybe you could just scream or clap or just be excited for me. And um, I hope that you've been able to listen to some of the episode, previous episodes. Um, if not, thanks for joining me now. And this lesson is Acts Intro Lesson 3 the author of Acts. So what are we talking about in this web, in this episode? We're going to be discussing who is the author of Acts. And we've already kind of talked about this in the last two episodes that Luke is the agreed upon author of Acts. But today we're going to talk about why scholars and traditionally Luke is considered the author. And it's it has to do with this Luke-Paul connection in the book of Acts. So we'll talk about that as well. So this lesson, if you have been doing the PDF lessons that I have in ebook form on my website, shariking.com, you can go on there and you can find the Sunday school, um, Sunday night school lessons. And if you go to lesson three, you can download this lesson. And before I actually get into teaching, I ask you some preliminary questions. So here's the reality. This is where I got this idea from. I homeschooled my kids kids for a while, and when we did history, I would have them answer questions before we did a lesson to find out what they already knew, and then we studied the lesson, and then we I asked them questions to see what they had learned. So here's why you may not like this kind of activity, is if you answer the questions in the beginning, and there's a lot of I don't knows or I don't know, no one ever told me or taught me. You may feel like a failure. I feel like that sometimes, and my kids even did. But the reality is, if we know what we don't know, then we know what we need to learn. If we know what we don't know, we know what we need to learn. And I think sometimes we get scared to try to figure out, especially in faith and with the Bible and with God, we're scared about the questions, we're scared about the subjects and the and the uncertainties of the things that we don't know about God. And so we don't want to go there because we don't want to feel like, quote, a bad Christian. But I think that this is one of the ways that we can actually resolve a lot of questions and actually are, make our faith firmer and stronger. And I think that this is sometimes why people walk away from the faith because they haven't asked the hard questions. They haven't looked at the questions that they didn't understand um, and, and been okay with digging into the deepness of answering them, um, just accepting surface answers because someone else said it. So that's what this lesson is about. It's about looking into the mysteries and possibly some of the questions that we haven't ever thought about. 
um, asking. And part of that is who is the author of Acts? So some of the questions that you will ask uh, yourself before reading the lesson is, do you know who the author of Acts is? And maybe you do because I've said that it's Luke. Um, but how do you know this? Like, how, how did we come to this conclusion? And do you know why he authored the book? Why did Luke decide to write Acts? What was his purpose behind it? And who was it written to? These are some very important questions. So we're going to talk about those answers in this lesson. So let me just begin now. Who is the author of Acts? So I want to ask you this. How are you wired? Like, how are you wired? Are you okay with ambiguity? Are you okay with, like, the gray? Or does everything have to be black and white? Um, does ambiguity and, and grayness kind of make you uncomfortable? Because I'm that person that likes things black and white. I like to know the answers. Um, but as I've been in school, as I've been, you know, in seminary, I've been learning that there are a lot of mysteries about God um, that we can't know. And if you think about it, God is so big. He's immense. He's always existed. He's beyond space and time. He is just, there's no way our human brains can comprehend the God that we worship. And really, that should make us more confident in who he is. Because if God is incomprehensible to us, like if we can't put him in a box, that means that we can trust him because he's beyond us. But oftentimes I find that it actually makes us more uncomfortable because we want to know God and we want to put him in a box and we want to know how he's going to work and what he's going to do. We want to know that he's going to give us our future plans of life and lay it all out so that we feel safe. But the reality is the plans of God don't make us safe. It's the character of God that should provide us with the safety that we need um, to live life well knowing that we can trust in God's character, not necessarily the plans. And so um, some of the information about the Bible is black and white, and it's not gray. So I want to ask you, what do you prefer? What do you prefer? Um, I want to read a verse to you from Isaiah 55, 8 through 9. It says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, and your ways are not my ways. This is the Lord's declaration. For as heaven is higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. God is saying through Isaiah that we should be okay with the fact that his thoughts aren't ours and his ways aren't ours, and he is actually beyond us. But he's saying that so that we know we can trust him to, to take care of things that we can sit and rest in him, that he can be someone who holds us and keeps us secure, and we don't have to make ourselves secure. We don't have to trust in ourselves. The reality is I can't make my world work. And if I try, I get exhausted. So, but the good thing is that God has chosen to reveal himself to us because he wants us to know him. So, the Bible is here so that we can learn some things about him, so that he can teach us, so that we can feel comfortable in the fact that he does care that we know him to a degree. And I've learned that the more I start to get to know God, like when I started getting to know him, I got some things wrong. But you know what? It doesn't matter 
because God has corrected them along the way. And I've learned more about him as I have, um, as I've journeyed along in my walk with him. So just as there's mysteriousness with God and some of his character traits, there's also a mysteriousness about the authors sometimes. And I've already talked about there's lots of different theories as to why authors don't identify themselves. Um, Paul often does, um, but not all of them do. This is the case with Acts. So in the homework for the last lesson, perhaps you noticed that the introductions are very similar. It's very interesting because both uh, books are written to Theophilus. And, and we don't know who Theophilus is yet. We will talk about that. But they're both written to Theophilus. And the second one in Acts, it says, basically, it says, I have already begun the story of Jesus Christ and all that he did and said, all the things he began to do and say, and now he's going to continue what Jesus is doing. So this may be confusing because if you, if you really read it, if you read the end of Luke, Jesus has ascended into heaven. And what's happening is that Luke is saying he's continuing the story of Jesus and how he is ministering in the earth, but he's doing it now from the throne of God as the Messiah as the like reigning king over all the earth and all over all the galaxies. So he's continuing the story of Jesus Christ, but he's talking about how Jesus is now still working in the earth. He's providing evidence of how he's still working in the earth, even though he's not present in his physical form. And so he's doing it through the Holy Spirit. He's doing it through his people. He's doing it through his disciples and believers. And so what Luke is doing is he's tying together Jesus's beginning work with his incarnation when he was born as a human. Then he, you know, lives his life in ministry. Then he is crucified, dies, resurrects, ascends to heaven, and he is still now ruling. He is actually all like already ruling over us and is present with us in the earth. His kingdom is being established. And that's what Acts is all about. And that's why Luke and Acts are tied together. So Luke is the author of Luke and Acts. I want to read this quote to you. It's in the PDF um, book, so you can check this out. But I want to read this to you so that you um, kind of get an idea of the scholarship behind why people consider Luke to be the author. This quote is from Daryl L. Bach. He is a theologian who's written many commentaries on Luke and also on Acts. So he's very reputable. Um, he's tested and tried and true, I guess, if that's what you want to say. But let me read this. It says, despite the wide selection of potential candidates available as companions of Paul. So what, what's happening here? The reason that he's mentioning this is in Acts, um, there is a point at which in the book, he starts using the pronoun we. So the beginning of the book of Acts is written from eyewitness testimonies of many people. And then there's a transition, and we'll talk about it when we get there, but there's a transition to where the author says, we. So he's included in some of the things that are going on. He was actually there with Paul, okay? And so his connection to Paul is very significant 
because his connection to Paul gives us a clue into his identity. He has to be one of the companions of Paul. He has to have been someone who traveled with Paul. And so when we look at Acts and we see that Paul and uh, Luke intersect at this time period, there are other verses that give us clues as to Luke's identity and his intersection with Paul and Paul's ministry. So what Bach is saying is that there are many candidates, possibly, who could have written this book, but it has to be someone who knew Paul and traveled with him. And what he's saying is this. Despite the wide selection of potential candidates available as companions of Paul, the tradition of the church gives attention to only one name as the author of these volumes. This is Luke. This tradition was firmly fixed in the early church by A.D. 200 and remained without any hint of contrary opinion. So, there are many evidences of where Luke is mentioned. And this is in our lesson. You can go back and you can look at the different people. You can look at the different um, documents that where Luke is listed as the author, according to church tradition, all the way back to 200 AD. So sometimes in our time, we want to look back and say, oh yeah, ancient historians, they didn't know what they were talking about. The reality is they were people just like us and they were recording history just like us. It had a, a different twist on how they recorded history, but there is documented evidence that people who lived just past the time of Jesus and knew the disciples and knew the people who wrote these scriptures and canon had attached Luke's name to this. They had a proximity to him being the author and believing he was the author that you and I can't ever know. So this is the evidence. This is why we believe that Luke is named as the author. His quote goes on to say that Luke is named as the author of Acts in manuscripts from uh, the 9th century, from the 14th century, from the 10th century, from the 11th century. And, and there's absence of any dispute about the claim of authorship across several early centuries. And this is a strong reason to take the tradition seriously. So there's all these church fathers who existed in the beginning of, of, of uh, Christian faith who list Luke as the author. First and second Clement, those are books that were listed. Justin Martyr, um, Irenaeus, uh, Tertullian, and Eusebius. So these are just guys who you've probably never heard of, but they were influential people in the faith and the beginning of the faith. They were ones who wrote all of this like theology that we live off of. So let's talk about the Luke and Paul connection. Um, in Colossians 4.14, it says that Luke was a beloved physician. And so what Metzger, there's another guy named Metzger, he connects Luke and Paul in this passage. He says that Luke was a companion of Paul, and then we look at Colossians 4.14, and we see that he's a physician. So at that time, in this moment, then, we're connecting him, we're learning a little bit about him. It says that he's a physician. Then the I, we, and them uses in Acts begin in Acts 16, and then it's again in Acts 20, 21, 27. These references indicate that there was an author present with Paul in some capacity when all these took place. So we connect Paul 
with the author of Acts. He was there during these passages. And we'll talk about that later on when we get to, say, Acts 16 and further. But we're connecting how Luke is the author. The next one is that 2 Timothy 4.11 and Philemon 24 connect a person named Luke who was associated with Paul. And then Colossians specifies that he was a physician. Finally, church tradition combines all these references and it's led scholars to identify Luke as the author. Let me tell you this. You may have tuned out. Possibly you're like, Shari, I don't care about all this. Here's the reality. (laughs) If we don't ask these questions, we don't know. So let's go back to the beginning when I said, how do you know Luke is the author? Possibly you said, I don't really know. People just told me, or I'm just trusting my pastor, or someone just told me one day, or, you know, who knows? Here's what I want to give you. I want to give you concrete evidence that there is a, there were studies, there were people there who know and like affirmed that Luke was the author and that this can be trusted. There are debates about authorship because his name's not actually like proclaimed in the very beginning. However, there's a lot of evidence that say that this is the guy, that his name was Luke, that he was uh, friends with Paul, um, that he exists in a few other passages in the Bible, and that early church tradition and church fathers say that they heard and they knew that there was a guy who was friends with Paul who authored this book. It even says in some of these early documents, Luke, that Luke is the author. So I want you to know this. I want to give you a handle on something maybe you didn't know. So that someone ever says, well, how do you know? You can answer that. We don't need to be afraid of hard questions. So I'm giving that to you just so that you know the importance of the details. I'm giving you details that you may not have cared about before, but now I think you have a nugget. You have a nugget so that if someone asks you something that you don't know, your faith doesn't crumble. Um, I want to explain the heart behind providing all of this historical information. We need to value the testimonies of those who've gone before before us. So even though you may not know Tertullian or Eusebius or like any of these guys, Justin Martyr that I've mentioned, they were people of the faith who lived hard lives of faith. And the reality is we need to respect them and feel an attachment to them instead of just kind of writing them off. Um, It has a connection to our heritage. I don't want to be in a place where we just do cancel culture because they were old, like old crusty people who we've never heard of. They were people of faith just like you and I. And so I want you to become solidly informed on what you believe. Anyway, I hope that this lesson has given you a lot of nuggets. Um, You will get more if you download the ebook. But in the next lesson, we're going to examine Luke's style and his style of writing because it'll help us to see the purpose behind why he wrote both Luke and Acts. So I'm going to close out with my regular little thing. I hope that you have enjoyed this episode of Overcoming Monday. I hope this podcast has been encouraging. My goal is to give you little, oh gosh, what? (laughs) Sorry, let me start over. 
So now I want to close with my regular closing. I want to thank you for um, be being part of this Overcoming Monday episode. My goal is to provide you with little secrets for your big breakthrough so you can win where it matters most. And where does it matter most? Well, for me, this is my relationship with God, um, with my family, and I believe that understanding scripture is the key to being successful in these relationships. So I would love to have feedback from you. If you have any questions or comments, you can DM me on Instagram um, on the Overcoming Monday handle over at Overcoming Monday, or you can email me at shari at shariking.com. Shari at shariking.com. All right. So I'd love to hear from you. I hope you've enjoyed this. I'll see you next time.